Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, where our job is to help you build visibility, professional credibility, and connection with your ideal client by putting the human at the center of innovative marketing so you can build and strengthen an engaging, enduring relationship with your ideal clients. I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm honored that you're here with me. If you haven't joined our wonderful marketing transformation community yet, go to innovabiz.co and collect your free gift as well. Do subscribe to the show and also leave a review because it helps others find us. Let's get into today's masterclass on this InnovaBuzz podcast. class really comes from the the content. You know, it was never about the big fancy stages and the lights. It's really about making people feel good together. And when you're worrying about tech, you're not in, <laughs> you're not even in the ballpark yet. You really need to be worrying about how do you want them to transform? Ask yourself that question. Like, you know, picture the the before and picture the after, and then know that your event is the bridge. And so let's be worrying about the content creation and, and let's be worrying about the engagement, like keeping, keeping people eyes on the prize, <laughs> you know, there in the moment. Welcome back. I hope your week's been just awesome so far. If you haven't listened yet to my recent conversations with Dan Balkowski, founder of Product Tranquility, and with Jason Voyevich, author of Marketer-in-Chief, How Each President Sold the American Idea, then do go listen in. But only after you've listened to today's conversation. I'm really excited to have on the InnovaBuzz podcast as my guest today, Sarah Pfeiffer who helps business owners, along with their marketing and sales teams, leverage virtual, hybrid and in-person events to reach more dream clients, build customer and employee loyalty, and make sales. She's also founder of the Live Event Academy, as well as host of the Green Room Central podcast. In our conversation today, Sarah talked to me about designing events as a transformative experience for participants. We talked about getting clear up front at the beginning, before the beginning of the event, about your why and your participants' why. And Sarah shared why she's not a fan of hybrid events, that is, a live event combined with a virtual component. Without further ado then, let's fly into the hive and get the buzz from Sarah Pfeiffer. Hi, I'm your host, Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm really excited to welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast today, all the way from Portland, Oregon, in the USA, Sarah Pfeiffer, who's an events marketing expert. Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, Sarah. It's a great privilege to have you here as my guest. Oh, thank you, Jürgen. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. Now, we met through Jason Van Orden and Michael Roderick at one of their events 
And Jason, he was our guest on episode 275 of the Innova Buzz podcast. Michael was our guest on episode 328. So a big hello to both Jason and Michael. Yes. Hello, guys. And I'm thrilled that you brought us together. <laughs> now, Sarah, you help influencers start and scale world-class events in their business. And I'm really curious to dig into your system and processes for doing that and what's important. Uh, you're also founder of the Live Event Academy, and you've also recently started your own podcast, the Green Room Central podcast. So lots of stuff to talk about. Before we do that, though, what's the impact you're making in the world today? Oh, goodness. I think if it could be, if it could be just one, it would be leading by example, uh, because I think I didn't have any examples of entrepreneurship in, in my worldview growing up. And if I can be that example for my circle of family and friends, uh, and show them what's possible, uh, then that, that just be awesome. Mm, yeah. That's great, isn't it? And I often say that, um, and, and I know that you and I are both introverts, but I often say it's important to get out onto the internet and talk about what you're good at and the contributions that we can make, not only for your own sake to draw people to you, but also to give other people permission to do the same thing. Mm. The leading by example part. Yes, absolutely. And it's hard as an introvert to put <laughs> yourself out there, but you're, you're such a good example of someone who has and is leading by example yourself. Uh, it's important though. It's important to, to do, uh, put yourself in uncomfortable situations and do hard things because as I'm learning over the past year and a half with this, uh, the pandemic is that, uh, when you do hard things, it prepares you for, for the next level of hard things, you know, incremental hard things mm. are good for us. And we saw throughout the pandemic, those who struggled a little bit, uh, with maybe their, their mindset or their productivity, uh, because they weren't prepared for something that hard. Uh, whereas people who had been training themselves, uh, by doing incremental hard things in their lives, uh, they're, they were able to weather the storm perhaps a little bit better. Mm. It's a little bit like um, going to the gym regularly and lifting some light weights and just adding um, some more weights to that lift until you get up to a, whatever it is, huge deadlift. But exactly. You know, if you need to do the huge deadlift, you have to have done some preparation beforehand. Yeah, we went for this uh, big hike, I don't know, maybe like five miles uh, a couple weeks ago, and it wasn't that hard. It was very hilly. I mean, it was a, it was a challenging hike, but I didn't feel like, uh, I just felt like I'd keep going. And uh, I, I liken it to the fact that I um, challenged myself to get on the Peloton bike for 45 minutes every weekday over the past year. And and, you know, like I did hard things and then it kind of made the next hard thing not as hard, you know? Mm, yeah, that's right. Great analogy. All right. Well, let's talk about events. And one of the things that struck me in, in looking through your material is you use the word transformative in some of your promotional material and description of the 
the kind of events that you like to support and help promote, which is, yeah, it resonated with me because we talk about transformational marketing. So tell me, what does transformative mean to you in the context of events? Ooh, certainly. And I love that question. You've been doing your homework. Uh, <laughs> so I, I like to use the word transformative and the types of events that I um, to describe the type of events that I help people with, because I really am interested in uh, working to help uh, empower the, the entrepreneur who, who wants to transform lives. And that looks like a lot of different things. You know, it could be learning to to make handmade soap or it could be learning to uh, master your mindset or, or it could be learning how to podcast. It it takes so many different forms, but there's this whole uh, group of, of people in the world that know something that could help transform someone else's life. And that, and if you're able to, bring your expertise into a live environment, whether that be in person or virtual, you're able to kick off transformations in people's lives so much faster, so much easier because you're live with them. And, and so again, I'm just, I'm looking for that person who has something inside of them that they know can help someone else. And they want to get it out in in a format that's that's live. So that's the type of person that that I work with, the type of business owner that, that genuinely want to help people. They want to make an impact. Uh, they want to change lives. They uh, and they want to use that that platform of of events to do so. Mm. Yeah, I love it. One of the things I'm curious about. I mean, running an event's a lot of work, but what I've seen in, I've been to quite a few of these events as a participant, and I've also run some myself together with other people. As a participant, I've seen kind of the variety between an event that was really transformative in every sense. So it was well organized. Uh, the, the people running it did a fabulous job of providing the information and know-how the connection with them that enabled that transformation and also they brought other participants together that all added value to each other during the event. Um, I've also been to ones where that hasn't been the case but the participants simply by being away and being in this environment or this space that was created Essentially, the participants help one another. Um, and you tend to go away and think, well, good thing that those other participants were there. Otherwise, it would have been really not much value. Um, so I wonder, I'm wondering what differentiates an event, particularly up front when you're, as an organizer now, I'm thinking up front when you're marketing an event, how can you differentiate this one? the people organizing it are bringing their absolute best game and are going to make that contribution. And of course, all the participants are going to contribute as well versus another event where the participants contribute because that's just the nature of, of an event like that, but where 
it doesn't have that that platform. Mm. Yeah, well, so what I hear you talking about is that serendipity of of who's collected in the room. Yeah. And it is magical. <laughs> and I do love that. I think that's one of the big reasons why I'm such an, an advocate and fan for for events um, done done live. And so the marketing piece is because you're, you're, you're getting at the piece of like, why should I show up? Why should I put my life on hold? Why should I, uh, delegate and, uh, do all the things that I need to do in order to show up for you live? And that's a big ask that we're asking of people, uh, even for virtual live events. It's a big ask for us mm. to ask people to clear their schedule and show up live for us as, as the host. And, and so a really wise question that you're asking about how can we get the marketing to a place where uh, it convinces people that, that there is no other place that they should be on that date and that time other than in the room with you and with the other, with their other participants. And, and I think, it's easy to forget when we're planning an event that uh, we are selling them just just like anything else, mm. uh, any other widget or uh, course or book or whatever it is that you have for sale. You are selling uh, the event. And so I think it's easy to discount uh, the sales process and uh, the kind of like the you know the thought process that someone goes through as as they're buying something, but also like the the things that you should have on a sales page or in your communications or the amount of communication that you need to do around an event in order to move someone from unaware to aware to, you know, a registrant for your event. And so uh, I think the biggest advice, piece of advice I could give on that is for people to remember to be as thoughtful around marketing the event as they would any other product or service that they offer, uh, because we can't transform their lives if we don't get them into the room, right? <laughs> it's a big deal. But how do you come through as authentic and uh, transformative in your marketing? Gosh, uh, I think that is really a testament to just you showing up authentically uh, in, in your marketing and also offering uh, knowing your target audience, like the people that you want, your target guest, the person that you want in the room, knowing them well enough to know, hey, what do they have to think or know or be or set up or do in order to get themselves into the right headspace to think that this event is for them? And so if you can identify what that might be, could you, could you plug a training in? on the front end uh, or a lead magnet that helps them over that kind of invisible bridge, if you will, uh, to get them to the place where they're ready to consider registering for your event. And then you've already kicked off a little bit of transformation in them. You've already shown them that you can help them by helping them, right? And, mm. and I'm not telling you anything that <laughs> that's like, uh, uh, above the fold front page news here, but I think sometimes like the common sense is not always common practice, and we forget because uh, we're in 
we're, we're marketing an event and it just feels so much different and so, so special that we just forget what is table stakes for uh, enrolling people in any sort of offer. Hmm. Yeah, the key, key point I think I heard there was your event is just like any other product that you're selling. So you've got to sort of approach the marketing in that. But there's one little thing that I picked up on there that I thought, that's actually brilliant. Uh, and it could be applied not only to events, but to any product or, well, mainly service pro probably. And it's the concept of having a lead magnet as a kind of a mini training program that prepares people to come into the event. So if you, one of the things you said, I think, was be really clear about who the people are that your event can help, but then have a lead magnet as part of the marketing that actually prepares them to come on the event. And almost, it's almost like the lead magnet is the onboarding program at the same time, which I thought was, that's very clever. Yeah, there's there's so many things you can do to to get people, you know, to fill the room. That there's hundreds of ways that you can do it, and I think a combination is always wise. Uh, but don't discount. I don't want to scare people off with this comment, but don't discount how much harder you have to work in order to convince someone to give you them their most valuable asset, mm -hmm. which is their time live with you and if it's it's if it's an in-person event uh now you also have to do the convincing of like you know that the extra expense of of travel but the time away from their family or friends or their their real life and uh it's always it's also a gift though i mean i i think it's uh it's 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 a challenge and it's a gift the 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 event that's in person because you get to sell that as this thing that you know that it, it's even more transformative when you're able to be there in person because mm. it's immersive because you get that serendipity of of who's collected in the room you get the you get to market on the fear of missing out on uh what's there because when that's done you can't get it back right so it's there's so many gifts to an in-person marketing an in-person event but it is also harder, so you do need to do more things. And 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 what you know, what you were just mentioning is like that uh, the the lead magnet piece that that is just one tool that you can have in your 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 tool bag to get people into the headspace of yeah, I'm ready to consider registering for this event. Hmm. And and one of the other things you didn't mention there in that list about why why it's so powerful, but why it also can be more difficult is that people are having to travel if it's an in-person event they're away from family and loved ones they're um, so there's not just the expense or the additional expense of travel the expense of the program itself but also their time that they have to invest in that and if you're running a program um, like we have in the past which involves a full day travel both at the front end and after the event, that, that's two extra days as well. So there's a big time investment that, that's really important for most entrepreneurs. Um, one of the other things you didn't mention that I wanted to explore was how do you market upfront that when you come here, 
and you're going to meet these wonderful well you're going to meet these wonderful trainers there's a, a fabulous program a transformative program here there's also a lot of people that are in similar situations to you that will contribute and you'll learn from them and you'll be able to teach them things how do you market that part of it but also in a way that it's like this is going to be a safe environment if you're there contributing there's nobody else going to be saying what a ridiculous idea or there's nobody else going to be saying if you share your situation you know that's really dumb why are you in that situation kind of stuff mm, that's a great question and i think you can answer it in a couple ways in your marketing so uh so you're creating a community, right? When you're you're hosting an event. And anytime someone goes into a, you know, a subset of your community, essentially, right? Uh, and anytime someone goes into a community, they want to know, how do I fit in? And so as part of your marketing, I encourage people to create videos that talk about what it's like at their events. And so when you talk about what it's like at your events and you you can very casually drop in there that you know it's it's a safe environment that you're going to be with people that you know uh have similar sized business or they think like you or they appreciate x or y you know when you when you are able to say that that's you just kind of describe what it's like at your event but you're also you're you're subtly training them on how to show up in the room. Uh, it helps them feel at ease about like and and even more curious to get into the room because now everything that they're hearing in that in that video about what it's like in the room is like well I, that that sounds like me. <laughs> that sounds like something that uh, I would be interested in showing up for, uh, but you those videos end up being really valuable marketing pieces also uh you know on the same vein i like to do uh videos of like how have the host record something like here's how i prepare for an event here's how i like to show up to an event and here's how i uh prepare and what i bring and and all of that is also showing them uh, a slice of like how you would be uh, curating the the environment of the room and the people that are in it and the experience that we'd have inside that room. And even though it sounds like you're, even though you're framing those videos as just like, oh, here's how I like to show up to an event or here's why I like to go to an event or here's what it's like inside of our room. And you're not, it's not a specific like by my event uh kind of video you're still they they're very powerful marketing tools because you help put people into the seat and and help them imagine what it's going to be like when they're there and by really describing um you know to your point the the people that are there the things that they're going to do yeah mm, yeah i love it and in some ways what it also does like it so you're suggesting give people a bit of a glimpse behind the curtain in some ways. Exactly. Uh, that doesn't hurt. If you've already done 
uh, events, I definitely highly recommend having a video crew follow you around and, you know, <laughs> film uh, B-roll and uh, of, of all of the, the random things. And uh, that becomes a super valuable tool when you're marketing the next one. But of course, you have to have the first one in order to go <laughs> capture the video. Yeah. yeah. But definitely, yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's very popular these days to go live from uh, your your current event uh, every day and or every hour, however long it is, and be showing people, you know, like when you're on break, just like a view of the room and, uh, mm. you know, be putting that in your stories. That really helps. Uh get people excited and interested in, in being in the room next time. Mm. Getting that, also, that peak behind. Behind the curtain, yeah. And also, if you are prepared to be a little vulnerable, like um, you mentioned going live, if you go live and say, well, we just had a bit of a mishap here and here's how we dealt with it, you're kind of suggesting that this is a safe environment because I'm going to share if we mess up or if something goes wrong and how we deal with it. So it's okay for everybody to do that. Exactly. Yeah. But I mean, it, don't discount the simplicity of on your sales page saying this is a safe environment and this mm. is why. I mean, just come right out and say it. If uh, all of the all the qualities of an event that you aspire to have, just like put that on your your sales page because uh i mean that you're gonna plan to create too um so just be uh don't underestimate the the value of being very clear and blunt uh on the sales page too but you can also use those you know video ideas that i suggested as a more subtle way of of allowing people that uh understanding of what it's going to be like when they show up Hmm. all right let's talk a little bit about the event itself, the event host. Um, and you talk a lot about, well, again, using that word transformative. Um, I talk quite a bit about delivering an exceptional experience. And I think there's, there's significant overlap in, in those ideas there. How do, how does the event host get in the right mindset and design an event that is that transformative exceptional experience? Mm. So uh, I'll tell you where people think they need to start. And that's with, <laughs> they think they need to start with the tech or they think they need to start with, uh, you know, what swag you're going to give away. And yeah. spoiler yeah, alert. Too. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> thinks you have to start podcast with the tech. <laughs> yeah. And I'm suspecting that the spoiler alert is going to be the same. Yep. Spoiler alert. Uh, it's not uh, the place to start. And I, I want everyone to start with why. I want everyone to start with why are you hosting this for your guest? And why are you hosting this for your business? But once you get out, that out of the way, I think world class really comes from the the content you know it was never about the big fancy stages and the lights it's really about making people feel good together and when you're worrying about tech you're not you're not in <laughs> you're not even in the ballpark yet you really need to be worrying about how do you want them to transform ask yourself that question like like you know picture picture uh the the before and picture the after 
and then know that your event is the bridge. And mm. so let's be worrying about the content creation and and let's be worrying about the engagement, like keeping keeping people eyes on the prize, <laughs> you know, there in the moment. That's to me uh, where world class and transformative comes from is, is starting with that. And and then let's worry about decorating the place and sending <laughs> sending beautiful swag and, uh, you know, picking the right tech later. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's um, wonderful advice. And it comes back to really the whole principles of marketing as I see it, which is getting really clear about, first of all, self-awareness. What do I have that, that is the the unique contribution here? Then why am I doing this? What's the transformation going to be? Who are the right people uh, that would benefit from this particular event and how am I going to do that transformation? I love that you talked about the bridge to get us there. <laughs> I mm. Often yeah. have that conversation about before and after states and that the bridge is what the product or service actually is. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Same thing with an event. <laughs> uh, you're getting, you need to be super clear on how are they coming in? Uh, like, what's their mindset? What do they currently do? What do they have? What do they need? What do they want? And, and where do they want to be? And then you need to help them in the middle at the event of whatever it, whatever it is to get from that point A to that point B. And I just want people to stay focused on that before all the other shiny objects. And there are so many shiny yeah. objects when it comes to events. And uh, don't get me wrong, I'm such a huge fan of, you know, the beautiful flowers and the great, you know, food and drinks and uh, beautiful venue. But uh, it really is secondary to what comes out of the host's mouth and, and the activities, you know, that you set up for the group to be able to network and talk through problems and solutions together so yeah yeah well that's that's i mean i we take a in our events that we've run we've taken quite a strong stand on the physical environment so and and that has included things like or one of the big things is natural lighting in the room big open space and then, of course, it does include things like flowers on the table. It also includes things like having having um, water there all the time for the participants to keep hydrated because the, the type of work we do really strengthens neural pathways and that require, that dehydrates people. They have to be hydrated all the time to make that work. So there's lots of little things like that. But what we have to get clear on first is why we're we doing this event what's the transformation who are the people that are like to be there and then we say okay now we know how to we we have some requirements of the environment but we also match it then to all those other things so everything fits together and then one of the things that i like to do is say well i'm not an expert in decorating a room or in picking a venue so we kind of pick a venue based on sort of the overall impression and and the room that has to be just right but then we say okay you guys take care of the rest uh, we pay you for 
all the venue and the organization of that venue and here's our requirements and then we can focus on the content again oh i love that yeah <laughs> I, I love that you're so clear too on uh, your non-negotiables when it comes to the environment and everything you said I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of uh because i do think they make uh, a big difference yeah but i think I think a lot of people can get hung up on figuring all that stuff out and mm. thinking that that uh, all that stuff is, is going to become too overwhelming and it prevents them from getting started because you don't have to, you know, your first event doesn't have to be there, right? You don't, it doesn't have yeah. to play at that level. Uh, just need you to get in the game. But I kind of break my like world-class event formula, if you will, into to three parts. So first, someone would need to picture it. And that's where we're we're talking about that that those two whys like why are you doing this for your business why are you doing this for uh, your community you know your guests um, hmm. uh, and and who's going to be in the room so critical and I think that when you're able to cast that vision super clearly then you don't lose direction uh, hmm. along along the way. Uh, and then I kind of put all of the, the, the planning kind of in that, that middle bucket of like, you know, when is it going to happen and where, and, you know, all of those kind of more mm. logistically thing, you know, kind of things. And then when I have moved people into kind of the produce it phase, that's when we talk about uh, how to execute with excellence. You don't risk uh, success and, when, you know, we talk about how to uh, prepare for, you know, problems that, you know, kind of prevent them before they become problems and <laughs> get organized yeah. and all that stuff. But uh, I think uh, I think that 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 visionary part at the beginning is whatever what kind of people skip. And when you skip that, you kind of lose your hmm. your North Star, if you will. That's it, right. Yeah, it really that that vision at the beginning becomes your answer for all the questions later on. Like, should we have flowers on the table or not? Should we have, uh, you know, natural lighting or not? Should we be at this type of venue? Or you're able to answer all those questions with ease when you get really clear on the vision at the beginning. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm super passionate about <laughs> having a clear <laughs> yeah, vision. Yeah, I, I've written down here in my notes that I prepared, I, I wrote down lighthouse for that one, which I, we use the lighthouse as a metaphor for our um, the first step of our marketing framework. And it's very much along those lines of what you've just said, you know, really knowing your why, what drives you, knowing the uh, participants' why in the case of the events, and then everything becomes a lot clearer after that. So the lighthouse is shining that light regardless of um, what else is going on in the external environment based on those things. Oh, I love that analogy. So good. All right. Now, one of the things that I'm also curious about, I mean, we put our events on hold for the last two years and probably next year as well because of the pandemic and travel restrictions as a result of that. Now, a lot of people have moved events to online. How does, how does running an online event versus live events differ? What do you need to be doing differently? Uh, I'm guessing that 
the overall process being really clear on why the event why you're running the event and what why people should be there and what the transformation is is all the same but what, what are some of the key differences that people might need to bear in mind as they you know if they've done live events but they're looking to transition now to some online stuff yeah it's a great question and i'll I'll be frank in that before the pandemic, I hadn't done many virtual events and hadn't put much stock into that that uh, that concept. And I, I think a lot of people are all were also in that same same boat. But I have obsessed the world of a virtual events uh, since the pandemic began, and I was very surprised to find out that the same things that make an in person event successful or an in person event fail are quite similar in the virtual world. I think people at the beginning thought this was so different and that and it got it was very overwhelming the thought of moving their their event uh online, but it really they really are so much more similar than uh everyone thinks they are and it's probably 85% the same and maybe like 15% different with it being like the tech and the touch a little bit uh where obviously we have to figure out a little different way of delivering it and that's you know the tech part and and then from uh you know a touch standpoint engagement you do have to work a little bit harder to keep people's attention because you're just one browser tab away from uh being dismissed and uh and we also didn't put our lives on hold as much in order to come to the virtual event uh you know our dog might still be in the room, our kids might still be, you know, having a friend over downstairs. And uh, we still know we have to cook dinner later after we get done. So it's not that immersive environment, uh, like wholly immersive, like in uh, an in person space, not to say that it couldn't, it can't be. Uh, I've seen so many multi day virtual events done very well, where I've stayed immersed and I have a very distracted <laughs> ADD brain, if you will. Uh, and I've stayed glued to my chair and uh, in rapture. So it's possible. It just takes being a little bit more uh, intentional about engagement, about adult learning theory, and uh, and just yeah, being mindful of those spaces, being willing to to learn of some some tactics to kind of working a room, things that you might've been able to get away with not doing in person, just because we're all there together, uh, mm. that you just, you just have to up your game a little bit more as a speaker in the, the virtual world. And, and that's, that's what I'm seeing different uh, for the most part is just keeping people's attention. Hmm. Yeah. I love it. Um, one of the things you mentioned there was, adult learning the idea of adult learning tell us a little bit more about that because that's something that fascinates me and i think a lot of people i see you know presentations all the time that i think you know they need to learn more about adult learning because this is really boring and it's not engaging people <laughs> um yes they do uh and so much easier for people to show their boredom in Zoom, isn't it? Uh, I don't know why we're slightly ruder in a, a virtual environment than in person, but 
don't know. Maybe we maybe we're showing signs in in a in person environment, anyways, with the uh, the fidgeting in our chairs or getting up to go to the bathroom. But um, yeah, and I, I I was just talking to an expert on adult uh, learning theory and training adults today, actually, and um, they were sharing the tactics that they use to keep keep people's attention and keep them engaged. And uh, it's just exciting how far we've come and how many tools we have at our disposal. But the basics are there too. The, the basics are available to all of us. Uh, like, for example, uh, being put into a, you know, a virtual breakout room and being very clear with how to use the time and, you know, while they're in there and who goes first and all those things. Uh, I don't think people should be afraid of it. I think people should very much embrace the fact that it's, um, that they, it's, 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 everything's trainable. <laughs> they can learn, they can learn this stuff and it's not, uh, it's not probably as hard as they can, they, they think it is to hmm. just learn a few tactics that will help them keep the room, uh, more engaged. Hmm. And being observant and seeing what, trying things out, seeing the response is, is a really good way to do it. What does Marie Folio say? Everything's figure outable. Oh, I love that. Yes, everything is figure outable. And I think that is a uh I think that's something that needs to be reminded quite often to folks who want to host their own events is it does feel very um it just feels like so many things that you might have to figure out. And it feels like the stakes are so much higher because uh it, you're live with people. Hmm. And when you're live with people, it just feels like it's that much more special, right? Yeah, like, that's that, right. That you're, and, and I think we work ourselves up because we have this live time with them and we want to use it wisely. We don't want to be wasting people's times and I, time. And I think that because of that, it, uh, I, I think people, they let their kind of mindset get in the way and, and think that there's too many roadblocks to, to hosting an event when, it, like you said, everything is figure outable and uh, mm. this it's stuff that they hundred oh, percent, I believe anybody can figure out uh, the things that they need to do in order to, for example, keep people more engaged during their event. Yeah. Mm. All right. Do you see, do you see going forward that there'll be more hybrid events? So a group of people in person and some aspect of the event online. So those that aren't able for whatever reason to travel there. Okay. <laughs> uh, yes. And I hope not all at the same time. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not a big, I, I don't think they're going away, unfortunately. I'm just not a huge fan of hybrid events because uh, for two reasons. One, they're very expensive uh, because now you have to have two tech teams, uh, mm. one serving the virtual audience and one serving the, the in-person if, if you're going to do it well. Uh, and then you're also, uh, you're serving two masters from a host standpoint. You really need to have a team dedicated to serving your virtual guests 
well, like they deserve, just like you need uh, to be mindful of the people that are in the room. And it's just a lot more to manage. And uh, can it be done? Absolutely. Have I done it? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I I don't advise it. (laughs) But I do think now that I I think uh, I'd love for people to do both. So to do the virtual, to do the in-person, not to do them together uh, as a hybrid. As as alternatives. Exactly. I I don't Mm. think virtual is going away. And I think there's such a place for it. I mean, this look at the accessibility we just added. Uh, Mm. There's there's a whole host of people who cannot physically make it to an in-person event. And we've just opened the world to them by introducing virtual events. I think it's fabulous. Mm. Uh, I, people have been able to garner really uh, so many more people. They've been able to reach so many more people, garner larger audiences in the virtual space. Uh, it's fabulous. But there is still a place for that in person. And mm. and that's not going away either. I, I think they're both here to stay. But um, I prefer people to keep them separate. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fabulous. Okay, well, this is really fascinating. It's been great to talk about events and the transformation, the transformative nature and the planning and your structure to um, get really clear about the why up front and picture it um, and also your view on virtual and hybrid events. I'm opinionated, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I, I agree with you. I think they're different audiences, so serving the different audiences means you you're almost compromising a little bit on each side. So if you separate the events, you can really focus on that specific audience, and hence the transformation that they're wanting mm-hmm. to make and and how they how they actually learn and how how they can show up in that thing because they're they're, they're two different in person versus online that they're obviously showing up in lots of different ways yeah i i, I agree yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right I, uh, it's a good point now to move on to the buzz which is our innovation round that's the same five questions i ask of every guest and the idea is you'll share some tips from your experience and inspire the listener to go and do something awesome as a result today i'm so ready Wonderful. What's the number one thing anyone needs to do to be more innovative? I say be curious. Not from mm. a place of skepticism, uh, but a, cha- a a place of a genuine love of learning. Yeah, yeah, I love it. And and our guest on the last episode, which I just recorded um, this morning as well, said exactly the same thing, be curious. And it was very much around curiosity and connecting the dots. Yeah, it's easy to connect the dots going backwards. But uh, I do like to be curious so that we can try and attempt to connect some going forwards. Yeah, beautiful. All right, what's the best thing you've done to develop new ideas? Oh, I love watching the market. I absolutely love watching behind the scenes, peaks at events, watching people's Instagram stories when they're in the audience or presenting or in the green room. I I love consuming marketing emails and sales pages. And I am sure that sounds totally weird to some people, but 
I, I, I see marketing as a gift and I'm going to either learn from it what uh, is kind of unappealing to me or what's appealing and I want to model. So uh, I do, I, I do love kind of uh, watching, watching marketing, watching the market. Hmm. Yeah. And, and I like what you said there about looking at it. Like sometimes I sort of go into my list of emails of a morning and, and I've got ones that uh, just, you know, get to them when you can and they're filtered out by a, an automatic tool that I have. I go through those and I just delete them based on the title. But then sometimes I think I should actually read them because I'm deleting them based on I'm not interested in that, I'm not interested in that. I should read them just from the point of view of how they're marketing, how they're doing things, what can I learn from that. And I also like what you said about what I'm, I'll model off things that resonate with me, things that I like. Um, I think a lot of people kind of say you have to do it this way because that works. And then you look at that and say, oh, I don't like that way. Mm, so true. Yeah, no, you got you got to you got to be authentic to you and uh, market in a way that makes you feel good and true to yourself and proud of what you're putting out there. But as you're looking through those subject lines, uh, be mindful of the one that uh, made you open it. <laughs> <For sure. laughs> That's right. Yeah. All right. What's a favorite resource you use most often? Audible. I love listening to books. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I have to admit that's one of my favorite ones as well. Um, as a podcast fan, of course, I um, I remember listening to books on cassette tapes, which uh, may have even predated you. <laughs> I, I have tapes some and, cassettes, yes. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, Audible, having them online now is just so easy. And, and, and basically, I've even got a, a smartwatch now I can actually listen to them on the smartwatch with my bluetooth headset so it's just oh amazing. wow that's mm. fancy i don't have that yet <laughs> <laughs> yeah shiny objects yeah um, all right what's the best way to keep a client on track uh regular communication i would have to say i know that's mm. simple but uh <laughs> and, and then i'm big on on why i really like to explain why we're doing things uh, for most steps of the process, because I think when people understand why they're more likely to you know, understand why they need to do a thing or not do a thing or just, I'm, I'm mm. big on why. Mm. So the regular communication, but also explaining things from the point of view is, is here's why we're doing this. Here's why you need to do this and really focus on that. Why, which comes back to that North Star concept you talked about earlier why we're we doing the the event and why should people come there so it's, it's all mm -hmm. coming back to that north star principle mm -hmm. it's our lighthouse why <laughs> <laughs> all right and what's the number one thing anyone can do to differentiate themselves i'll be you no, be authentic like uh, know like if, in the event space like know what events that you've gone to that you've loved like be in the room with a swivel, you know, your head on a swivel, taking it all in uh, and pick out the things that feel good to you that you want to model and emulate and definitely be noticing the things that like, I wouldn't do it that way. Uh, I think it's a great way to figure out how you want to show up uh, in the event space uh, mm. is by, uh, you know, 
taking it in at a, at another at other events and then figuring out that that magical mix that that is is authentically you hmm. yeah i love that so it's, it's getting really clear about what your values and contributions are but then also looking at what can i learn from other people in the sense of gee that's a good idea i think i can incorporate that into mine but at the same time looking at oh i don't like that and and saying well that's not going to happen at my event yeah yeah no it just because it's done doesn't mean that you have to do it <laughs> yeah. uh 100% and uh really it's going to be so become so clear to you uh when you kind of set your your sights on putting on an event uh it'll, like all the ideas will come flooding to you of like things that didn't feel good or did feel good when you were mm. in a zoom room or in an in person room in the past that'll help you figure out what you look like like what your brand looks like as an event and sometimes i have this feeling when i'm in that situation in an event or in a virtual event where i thought why didn't they do that at this particular point so make a note of those things because they're, they're the things that if that's come up I, i think if that's come up for me then that would make sense for me to do in that environment and so that might be something to consider for my event 100% totally agree no i was just going to say like it's it's kind of like when you're at a mall and you walk into the different stores and you see how that brand has kind of become an in-person experience and how wildly different each store at the mall is like that you have you have that many more that have many kind of like options at your disposal if not you know like thousands and thousands more uh like it's just you're now taking your brand and you're making an in-person or you know a live experience of your brand and how you show up is 100% up to you being authentic so go feel out in person you know experiences live experiences and figure out what's what's true to you. Mm, great. All right, well thanks Sarah this has been fabulous and now where can people find out more about you and the work you do listening to the Green Room Central podcast and also perhaps reach out and thank you for what you've shared today. Oh yeah, thank you. So Uh my podcast is Green Room Central. You can find it on uh all in all the places where where you get your podcasts. Uh and then I'd also love it if you sent me a DM on Instagram. My handle is at uh, Sarah Faefer. Great. And we'll post links to, in the show notes to that. Now, do you have some parting advice to leave our listener with today? Mm, yes. I want you to know that you're not alone. <laughs> that if i could say one thing it's please know you're not alone the the top two reasons holding business owners back from starting or scaling events in their businesses uh are mindset and filling it and these are things that leaders filling rooms with thousands of people feel after years of doing it uh years in the game and and there are things that leaders just starting out filling rooms with a dozen people feel. So please know that you're not alone and that these these thoughts running through your head about, you know, you know, imposter syndrome and can I fill the room? Like this is totally normal. And uh just kind of see that as excitement and that you're on the right path and that you just need to 
uh, learn learn a couple things and you'll be on your way. Excellent. Well, thanks for that, Sarah. And thanks so much for sharing your time and your insights with us so generously today. It's uh, really been wonderful to dig into some of the ideas around events as someone that's uh, run a few events and done quite a few online events and feeling some of those frustrations that you've just described and thinking I must be doing something wrong, <laughs> um, even though I know that the events themselves are wonderful based on the transformative experience people have. Um, so yes, I've learned a lot, um, lots of ideas to implement for the future, lots of things that I probably was doing in other areas and just haven't translated into the event space. So lots for me to learn. I'm sure that there'll be lots of wonderful information that will help our listener as well. So thanks, all the best for the future, and let's keep in touch. Oh, it's been my pleasure, Jürgen. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that really engaging and valuable conversation with Sarah and took something away from her episode. Do you run events as part of your business? They could be networking events or online meetups or marketing webinars or training webinars. Imagine a valuable document or a video recording or an audio recording that could prepare your participants for that event so that their chance of a successful outcome from the event is maximised. That same asset could be the core of the onboarding experience, as well as a so-called lead magnet that gives value and attracts attention from new contacts. What could you develop that would grow your event's registration numbers as a result? Sarah's episode can be found at innovabiz.co forward slash Sarah Pfeiffer. That is S-A-R-A-H-F-E-J-F-A-R, all lowercase, all one word, innovabiz.co forward slash Sarah Pfeiffer. You'll also find contact information there for getting in touch with Sarah, as well as links to her website, to the Live Event Academy, to the Green Room Central podcast and to Sarah's social media pages as well as the other resources we spoke about in our conversation today. If you've listened this far into the show, I've got a challenge for you. I'm assuming you love this conversation and of course, why wouldn't you? I think it'll be useful to one other person in your world, maybe even more. Be brave enough to share this conversation with that one other person. And my guess is, in the 500 or so other episodes that we've published up until right now, there's at least one other one there that is equally as valuable to you as this episode is. So take your choice, either a favourite number or a quick glance through the past episodes and between now and the next episode we publish, listen to one more episode and then write me a note on LinkedIn about which episode you picked and why and what your biggest takeaway is. Sarah suggested that we have a conversation with Rex C. Anderson of the Influencer Technology Academy 
on a future InnovaBuzz podcast episode. So Rex, keep an eye on your inbox for an invitation from us to the InnovaBuzz podcast, courtesy of Sarah Pfeiffer. Thanks for listening. We'd love you to leave a review on this episode so that we can get to know you and why you listen. Also, it will help us make the podcast even better for you. Simply go to lovethepodcast.com forward slash InnovaBuzz to pick your preferred platform. And you can follow the show by going to followthepodcast.com forward slash InnovaBuzz. If you'd like a peek behind the curtain into how we put together this show, go to innovabuzz.co forward slash flywheel, where you can access a free gift my team and I made for you, a short audio program that walks you through the entire InnovaBuzz flywheel. We want to give you everything you need to transform your marketing and your podcast into a human-centered, relationship-focused growth engine. Tune in again to the next episodes of the InnovaBuzz podcast, where we've got yet more fantastic guests lined up. Until next time, I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz. Remember, be awesome and keep innovating.